Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to TickSplits. TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at TickSplits.com or on the TickSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all of your favorite events. Remember, TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's TickSplits, T-I-X-V-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today. Welcome to another fun-filled Monday edition of Second City Sports, live in living color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakimi Nagui, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Score McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app. You want to know why? Because we said so. That's why. And also, too, you can catch our other five live shows throughout the week. So if you happen to miss them, you could go watch and listen to them at your own leisure. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app today. Speaking of Sports Zone Chicago, you can watch, you can follow them on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You want to catch the audio version of this show, Second City Sports? You can subscribe to, our, subscribe to our podcast by going to War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine boxes on those podcast platforms. You ready? It's W-A-R-R on Anchor. Once again, it's at War on Anchor. And if you want to follow War Media, you can do so at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are we are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions on any of our topics that we're going to discuss on today's two-hour extravaganza that we call a Sports Talk Radio Show, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll, you know, do something stupid, or act ignorant, as you young folks would say, I've given Lakina full power to give you fools to Bill and Beer boot. Bye-bye. I love when she says that. <laughs> Lakina, let's kick off this Monday edition of Second City Sports by discussing Chicago baseball. First up, the Chicago White Sox. They complete a successful four and two road trip, sweeping away to the hated Detroit Tigers while losing two or three to the Houston Astros. The White Sox are currently two games under 500 with a 31 and 33 mark with a big homestand up. Uh, coming up upon them starting tonight with a three-game series against the Toronto Blue Jays, but following by a four-game series against the lowly Baltimore Orioles. Lakina, over the weekend, a couple of things that I learned about the White Sox. After a bad, a bad loss on Friday night, they came back with a vengeance on Saturday behind the pitching, stellar pitching of Johnny Cueto uh, beating the Astros and Justin Verlander 7 to nothing. The office picked up where it left off despite a bad showing on Friday night. Last night, Michael Kopech looked decent in his return from his week-long injury to his knee, 
but the offense failed to capitalize on what they did the previous day, thus losing the game four to three. Lakina, the White Sox are getting Tim Anderson starting back tonight. Do you expect the White Sox to finally take off, or are we going to see the same seesaw uh, performances that we've been seeing from these Southside hitmen all season long? We, this is pretty much what we saw during the, the Houston series, right? They got mm-hmm. pummeled in game one on Friday. They actually, uh, you know, slugged, you know, you know slugfest with Justin Verlander on Saturday. They had a couple of chances, perhaps maybe tied the game, but they weren't playing very well prior to that mm-hmm. during that Sunday night game last night. So you're basically going to see the same old, same old seesaw battle that we've seen all season long. You thought that maybe this would be the series that kind of you know, have the White Sox turn the court. We had Joe Mandel on. You know, he, I don't want to say he predicted this, but he said that, like, he feels that maybe the White Sox can kind of turn the corner with this. Unfortunately, that ended up not being the case. So you lose two out of three to the Astros. Okay, yeah, you swept Detroit. Yeah, yippee for you. But, you know, you, you lose two out of three to Detroit. You've got, you know, you got, look, you got Toronto who have, they have a lot to prove because they lose two out of three to the Yankees. We'll get to that in a second. And then, you know, with everything else that's been going on, yeah, Baltimore, yes, they're Baltimore, but there's actually some pretty good talent over in Baltimore, so I wouldn't, you know, go past, look past Baltimore for that four-gamer, but, you know, but I, I feel like, you know, the inconsistencies, you know, that's what we saw. You saw another error last night during that Sunday night game, fielding issues and everything else, and it's sort of one of those things where this has been the theme for the White Sox all season long, whether the inconsistent hitting and, you know, the lineups and such, and also, to the pitching. I mean, you saw... We really didn't have to do too. I mean, it's sort of one of those things where Coyle didn't have to do too much because he had he has had actually has a good history with the Astros and pitching against them. So I wasn't too surprised yeah. that you know the White Sox were able to you know sort of you know kind of you know shut out the Astros. But and then but then everything else happened. You saw the Friday. You saw Friday's game. You saw the, uh, the the Sunday night game last night. So the inconsistency that's been really been a problem for the Sox lately, and unfortunately, it's been a problem for them all season long. And so, look, we're getting into look, we're in mid June now. We're almost halfway through the season. You can't afford to be having these sort of you know inconsistencies because you ne- you only got not only one, but you now have two teams ahead of you in your division. So I honestly, you know, don't know what to say about the White Sox at this point. I mean, yeah, you can make trades, but you're still going to have the same problems, and also to the injuries and such. So. I don't know what else you can say. What else can be said about the White Sox right now? Yeah, a couple of positives from the Astros series. One, Luis Robert had five RBI uh, in that series against the Astros, including four on Saturday. They uh, knocked around Justin Verlander. Number two, Jose Abreu has picked it up over the last month or so. Just like uh, back in the old school days, Lakina, once the uh, weather heats up, the White Sox bats eats up. And Jose Abreu, that's been his trend throughout his whole White Sox career. So you're encouraged by those two things from the offensive standpoint. Number two, uh, the pitchers you mentioned, Johnny Cueto, he didn't have to be dominant, uh, a seven to nothing lead uh, to hold down the four wheel, help out a lot. And that's what happened to Johnny Cueto. It saved that bullpen on Saturday it, to a lesser extent last night with Michael Kopak. Uh, he gave up two long balls, and, and that's what basically cost the White Sox the game. But on the flip side, looking like you said, uh, bad base running, bad fielding. This has been the White Sox problem all year, uh, especially the last two years. It's not just on coaching. It ultimately has to come down to personal responsibility of the players. Now, will it correct itself overnight? No. Can it be corrected? Yes, but each individual player will have to look themselves in the mirror to say, hey, I got to do a little bit better uh, to help this team win. 
Yeah, and they, yeah, they really do. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was nice to see Luis Robert. You know, yes, he's heating up a little bit. Yeah, the weather heats up, blah, blah, blah. But you can't you know, always depend on the weather. Stop depending on the long ball so much. I mean, the one of the reasons why they were able to win in seven and nothing was because they didn't have to depend on the long ball. They they, they <laughs> sort of, you know, play sort of the long game and sort of, you know, they're hitting. So it's one of those things where, like, like I've been saying, yeah, can the White Sox win the division? Sure, but now you've got you know two teams ahead of you that's been pretty good. Yeah, they didn't, they neither one of them didn't really have a good you know um, you know weekend, but we'll get to them in a second. But I, I feel like it was sort of one of the, just when you thought the White Sox maybe was trying to kind of get back into it, then you know they do something stupid, you know whether it's fielding or whether it's you know non hitting and such like that. So look, I don't want to say look, I don't I don't want to say that they still can't win the division, but you're I'm in proven mode. Like you're not showing me anything to make you believe that you can. You have a question coming for us uh, regarding the Chicago White Sox or the Chicago Cubs, who we'll talk about uh, coming up in just a minute. You can go to Facebook, uh, facebook.com backslash, especially uh, Sports on Chicago, Sports on Chicago on Facebook, or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. You're listening to Second City Sports, the live and in living color of the Monday edition, right here on Sports on Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you talking. Chicago baseball. Uh, just to wrap up on the White Sox, Lakina Lance Lynn will pitch the opening game tonight uh, against uh, the Toronto Blue Jays. Oh, I'm thinking about basketball at this point. Thank goodness I didn't say that team. So Lance Lynn will go- take the bump tonight for the White Sox. Tomorrow, Dylan sees Wednesday's Lucas Giolito. And real quick, Lakina, I was disappointed in Lucas Giolito's performance on Friday. Uh, maybe it has something to do with the active after effects of COVID, because remember he was on the COVID list a few weeks ago, maybe still suffered from that. I don't know, but uh, pushing the COVID issues aside, do you see him as uh, at least a number two or perhaps a number three uh, starting pitcher for this White Sox team? He's clearly to, he uh, to, to see get back that. to that. He needs to get yeah, exactly back to because that. right now he's not in, he's not the ace of the we'll staff. Look, he's look, clearly look, Dylan sees. Well, look, we'll, we'll, we'll look, we'll, we'll give him a mulligan on Friday because like he's still, you know, recovering from COVID. Mm-hmm. I get that. But, you know, these next couple of stars, I mean, you're facing Jose Barrios, who we can probably say is, I don't want to, you know, right up there in the Cy Young conversation in the AL. Now, look, if mm-hmm. you look at some of the other sort of the other matchups, I mean, he didn't look good, you know, in that game when they played in Toronto a couple of weeks ago. So it's definitely like, okay, of course, Cease didn't play because he's not vaccinated with the, with the rules and such in Canada, but that's a whole other thing. You got Kevin Guzman, you're going against Dylan Cease. And in the, um, <clears throat> in the nightcap of that series and look this is going to be interesting because it's going to be you know you wonder you got Ross Stripley against Giolito he'll play that Wednesday game that'll be the the cap mm-hmm. on that one now we'll see what happens because look I mean Toronto they didn't have a good weekend this weekend either like I said they they you know they they mm-hmm. won the rubber match that kept them from getting swept by the Yankees but they, they they kind of struggled a little bit over the weekend too so I think they got a lot to prove so again I'm improving more with the White Sox I mean you you proven that okay yeah you can beat the teams you're supposed to beat good Let's see if we can mm-hmm. do it consistently against the, the good team. So we'll see what happens there. Now going to the north side, and it's sort of a strange series with uh, with the Cubs on Friday. Uh, they ended uh, the Braves' 14-game winning streak, <laughs> it was just the longest in franchise history, and they also broke their own streak. And also, too, I mean, they 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 lost us uh, yesterday, but they were to win two out of three. Again, it was sort of one of those strange things where on Friday they only needed one run, but that was enough because I guess – the Braves, I don't want to say the Braves sort of took the Cubs lightly because usually, look, in long you know, seasons where you're going to probably have a series where you're kind of like you don't really feel like you're getting into it, you thought that maybe the other team was just going to, you know, roll over and, 
you know, and just, you know, roll over on them. But I guess they figured that wasn't the case. Now, that wasn't the case on Saturday either. You know, you know mm-hmm. Wilson Contreras had three hits, a steal. And he, you know, remember also his brothers on the Willies on the team too. So, you know, that was a, mm-hmm. a pretty uh, cool uh, moment there that they shared. And they, you know, the Braves did shove the Cubs six nothing to avoid the sweep. So that helps their confidence a little bit. But if you're the Cubs, you're thinking, okay, maybe yeah, put a little bit of a fight every once in a while. So, yeah, they played fundamentally sound baseball for the first two games. Looking up Friday, it was an old school type baseball game. They executed well. Uh, down the stretch, uh, thanks to rookie outfielder Christopher Morales, our uh, sacrifice uh, fly for an RBI for that win on Friday. You mentioned Saturday's game. Uh, they out executed Atlanta. So that's exactly what happened. I'm with you, Lakina. I watched uh, both of those games. And Atlanta, uh, they did show up, but you could tell, like you said, it's a long season. Sometimes you play down to your opponent. But the Cubs actually out executed the Atlanta Braves. And that's the reason why they won the first two games of that series. Now, yesterday, the Atlanta Braves jumped all, all over Kyle Hendricks. I still believe that Kyle Hendricks is a good pitcher. But as we've seen Lakina over the last two or three years. He's getting up there at age. His location uh, is not the same. People are jumping on that fastball. And you saw exactly what happened yesterday with the Braves uh, knocking out two home runs to come out with a 6 nothing victory. Yeah, and that was sort of something that, okay, yeah, you know, Henderson have his best, probably, that was probably his worst start of the season. You know, just getting, mm-hmm. you know, just ha- he just got hammered and, you know, Ian Anderson, you know, just, you know, kind of started that for the Braves and just, you know, Matt, Matt Olsen too. And they, they and you know, Travis Art Darman and Michael Harris the second, you know, everybody he sort of just, you know, they kind of just you know hammered them. But you know, but look again, I think look, if you're the if you're a Cubs fan, you kind of take the little things. I know some a lot of Cubs fans are kind of apathetic about the team at this point, but you know, okay, yeah, get get you 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 beat the you know the the defending champs two out of three, so you can kind of take that. You can you kind of sort of take that sort of like a sort not only a badge badge of honor, but sort of like okay, yeah, you beat a two out of three. That probably could be one of the looking back, you probably think that could probably be one of the other bright spots of your season. Yeah, and also, too, let's give credit to Keegan Thompson, one of the few bright spots mm-hmm. in that Cubs, uh, Cubs uh, pitching starting rotation. I know you have Kyle Hendricks. I know you have Drew Smiley. Uh, I, I I know you have some of the other veterans that's, that's trying to hold down the forges to make that pitching staff respectable. I know Marcus Stroman, who you signed in all season, he's currently on the injured list. But Keegan Thompson perhaps could be one of those uh, young pieces that you feel in going forward. We talk about Patrick Wisdom. You talk about Frank the Tank Schwindel as far as offensively. Ian Happ is not a bad player either. Now, would you give up on him coming to trade deadline, Lee Kenny, if the price is right? I don't. Mm, I mean, if the price is right, but if he is a, I, I feel like look, we don't know what Jay Horace is thinking at this point. So if he is a piece, you know if he is a piece that you kind of want to build upon when you are ready to win, I'm doing the air quotes here for people who are going to be listening mm-hmm. to this later, you know, maybe you probably would try to keep him, but unless you're getting like a really good, you know, some good prospects back, I'm sure, you know, Jed will listen, but I think right now, if he's a guy that you want to keep, you know, going forward, I think you probably may have to, you know, you may keep him. Yeah, you're listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in 11 color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you talking baseball. Let's jump into the national picture quickly, Lakina, before we break for the bottom of the hour. As you mentioned, uh, going to the AL Central with the White Sox opponents. Uh, I caught some of the uh, action of this series over the weekend. The Minnesota Twins lose two out of three to the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks uh, basically won the game yesterday on, on the Grand Slam. They 
they won late on Friday, even though they got you like Saturday. The Twins lose two out of three to Arizona. So the White Sox are still, I believe, four games of four games out of the, the, the division five. lead. Five. Uh, five, five, no, sorry, five. Five games out of the division lead. And they're trailing also to the Cleveland Guardians, who took two out of three in Dodgers Stadium. I did check out some of that game yesterday. I watched the majority of the Saturday game, which was broadcast uh, uh, had parts of the country on Fox. Adam Amin, Chicago's very own, called that game along with Eric Carroll's. Lakina, with those uh, two series, here's the thing. Minnesota, as we said before, they're not a great team. They are taking advantage of a soft schedule, but it seems to me now that teams are starting to finally catch up with them. Them and the Guardians will have a big, important three-game series in Target Field. We'll bring up the rest of the schedule for this upcoming week in just a moment. But uh, the Twins, uh, they're not um, – uh, living on that uh, early season magic anymore. Uh, looks like fatigue and uh, just teams are starting to catch up to him. Now, we said this on Friday regarding the Cleveland Guardians. Lakina, give manager J Terry Francona credit. He always has his guys competitive. Uh, they always play hard. They may not have all the financial resources like these big market teams, but they find every way to be competitive. Now with their big hitter, Jose Ramirez, out of the lineup for a while, they are, they are still finding ways to win. They did that on Friday, and then, of course, they did it again yesterday, taking two out of three in L.A. against the Dodgers. Well, let's start with the Twins because, remember, injuries are starting to catch up to them too. Of course, Royce, mm -hmm. Royce Lewis, you know, their talented shortstop, he's done for the year with the ACL injury, so he's done. And also, too, with and some other guys as well. Now, as far as Cleveland's concerned, I mean, you're kind of starting to see, you know, sort of like some of the depth that they got. I mean, Rosario, Gonzalez, I mean, that you see some of that depth, and I, I think, yes, they don't have the financial resources, but they are kind of showing you, Look, I mean, this isn't Ter Terry Francona's first rodeo in this, so he knows you know what it takes to win, and that's one of the reasons why they've been able to kind of you know get back into the you know, right here, right there in the AL Central, which I think a lot of people didn't think. You know, Shea Shea Bieber had nine strikeouts last night, but let's also remember too that bullpen blew mm -hmm. that that blew that lead for the Dodgers, so that was one of the reasons why. Mm, that was one of the reasons why that that you know the guards were able to pull that out. So as far as everything else, I mean, look, I mean that's going to be a tough division. It could come down to the last couple of weeks of this season. I know everybody wants to sort of you know say, well, you know they're gonna, you know they're the, oh yeah the Whites will be able to be facing both the Guardians and the Twins, you know, in the next few months, you know, especially in the second half of the season. We'll get you know we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, but there's still a mm -hmm. lot to go go on here. Now as far as some of the other stuff that happened outside of um, nationally in baseball, you know. But yesterday against, you know, the Pirates, Pirates rookie Jack Swazinski, you know, hit home runs in both the fourth and the sixth innings and hit the second walk-off home run of the month in the bottom of the night against the uh, the Giants. He's the first rookie in MLB history to do that. So it's sort of, you know, he had his dad there, of course, you know, Father's Day. He had his dad there to share the moment. Of course, there's a photo of him, of both of them. So that was really cool. And, and look, the Giants, I mean, they weren't able to take advantage of it, of that and also, and also to uh, say that that division, it looks like, you know, injuries again. Manny Machado got hurt for the Padres. He might be out for a while. Here we hmm. go again if you're a Padres fan. So I don't know what, what's, you know, I don't know. Hopefully they can kind of stay afloat because the Dodgers have been kind of, you know, up and down a little bit. But unfortunately, hopefully, but I, I'm, I'm, I'd be a little concerned if you're a Padres fan. Going back to the AL East, the New York Yankees, as you mentioned, they failed to sweep the Toronto Blue Jays. The Blue Jays uh, got revenge of them yesterday with a big grand slam by Gurriel, his father, 
uh, was there in the stands. That was a cool moment. He was interviewed after the game. I don't know if you guys caught that via the television or social media. That was a cool moment. You mentioned Toronto's coming into Chicago tonight against the White Sox in a foul mood, even though they won yesterday. So uh, they, they, they did get off the tonight yesterday because the Yankees brought their big bats, and they've been doing that all season, in particular Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stanton. Both those guys need to stay healthy. But Anthony Rizzo, uh, has been the catalyst for the Yankees offense over the last couple of weeks or so. If he continues to climb up with those power numbers and that in particular that batting average, he may get serious consideration for AL MVP. And the Boston Red Sox take two out of three in the interleague matchup at Fenway against the St. Louis Cardinals. And also to the Angels, like they might be coming back on track. They swept my Mariners, and one of those was a uh, walk-off home. My trouble's the man with that bat. <laughs> yeah, the first go-ahead home run in extra innings of his career, which is yeah, that, that's kind of weird to say say that, but yeah, that's you know that's what happened. And uh, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, they're still nine and a half back of the Astros because they've been on a tear lately. So mm-hmm. you know, and all that. Uh, the Mets, I mean. Are they starting to kind of fall back to earth a little bit? I mean, maybe. We'll see. I mean, the Braves, of course, you know, they're starting to gain a little bit. I know the Phillies kind of had an up-and-down weekend, so mm-hmm. they might you – know, the Mets might be starting to kind of come back to earth a little bit. Again, we'll see. I mean, we're kind of – Yeah, they lost a tough one yesterday to the Marlins. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. And I'm sure they're smarting over that one. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting in that series. And uh, the Cardinals and the Brewers, as of this recording, are now tied. So, you know, that might – it might be a little something going on there, but again, we'll see in that sense. Um, going to the schedule real quick before we go to break, you got the Marlins and the Mets. They're actually playing right now on ESPN+. Plus. Of course, the Cubs have the Pirates tonight. Um, well, yeah, later tonight. You got Detroit and Boston. You got New York and the Rays. The Rays are hoping to get back on track, too. They had a, a kind of a, a rough weekend. The yeah. Giants, yeah, the Giants and the, uh, the Braves. St. Louis and Milwaukee, of course, we we mentioned the Blue Jays and the White Sox. Mm-hmm. It's silly that the St. Louis Milwaukee game will be the FS1 uh, Monday night game of the week. There, Kansas City and the Angels and Arizona and San Diego. Hopefully, the Padres can can you know kind of get back on track too. Hugh Darvish is on the hill against Zach Davies. And other series are starting later this week. Tomorrow for Tuesday, Colorado at Miami. The Los Angeles Dodgers at Cincinnati to take on the Reds. If you're the Dodgers, uh, this should be a sweep against one of the worst teams in baseball. And, of course, the Beltway series, I believe this is a two-game series between the Washington Nationals and the Baltimore Orioles. We told you guys, Baltimore is not a good team, but they're not as a big a pushover as, as they were a year ago. So keep that in mind. Of course, the three uh, huge uh, uh, three-game series in the AL Central between the second-place Cleveland Guardians and the Minnesota Twins. They, they kicks off tomorrow. And then, of course, you have the Phillies and the Rangers from Texas in the in the interleague series along with the Mets and the Astros. So that's – and, of course, Seattle at Oakland starts off tomorrow too. So that's your schedule for this upcoming week in Major League Baseball. All right. So we're going to you know take a quick break. And uh, we're going to talk some hoops for uh, for a second with the NBA draft coming up later this week. Also to the Warriors having their parade right now as we speak. Why are they being petty? And also to some more uh, crazy uh, Bulls rumors. I know there have been like many of those <laughs> lately. So we'll we'll sort you through don't what's <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll we'll sort through you know what's fact and what's fiction and just you know plain out just plain ridiculous. So along with Cindy Brown, I'm Lakina McGee, the Second City Sports of Sports of Chicago, and we'll be talking hoops in a bit.
Welcome back to Second City Sports. We're live in the LNB Color on the Monday edition, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow your truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S I D K I D eight zero. That's S I D K I D eight zero. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Scroll McGee on the IG. We have less than 90 minutes of this extravaganza we call a sports talk radio show. You have any questions or comments for us doing any of our topics for today's show, you can go to Sports on Chicago on Facebook or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, let's uh, kick off this half hour by discussing some hoops. Lakina, the Golden State Warriors, as you mentioned before the break, they are celebrating their 2022 EBA championship in front of their home fans in, in downtown San Francisco. I know one of our car li- colleagues in, in uh, one of our favorite guests on this show, hometown girl Kylie Mills for Chrome News 4 out there in San Francisco is covering that parade from one of the local news stations out there. But you said they did something very petty. Discuss for the audience what you mean by that. Yeah, they kind of called out some of the, I guess, the media people and others who have said that, I guess, you know, Mr. Petty or something like that, something that Steph said, you know, King Petty or, you know, uh, something, something like that, that he said that, uh, that, mm-hmm. and I think it was just him, but others, as I think, I know Draymond said it during his uh, presser, I think, you know, they, Andrew might have said it to some extent, and, and, you know, Draymond might have been a little more subtle about it, but I guess they, this is what they mean by, you know, I guess they figured they were calling out some of the folks that thought that, oh, well, the Warriors are done, that KD, you know, was kind of like the guy that, you know, sort of, you know, got those, those, mm-hmm. those two champions, the other two championships, the middle two championships that they got before the, with, you know, the, for the first one and this one here that they just won a, won a few days ago. So I think that's kind of where all this started with the, uh, with the King Petty, I guess, with Steph. So it, it, I just found it a little bit funny that, uh, that they would say that I guess they sort of kind of use that as motivation and such. So it was sort of like, it was just sort of funny how that's how that kind of, you know, played out and such. So, you know, I just thought it was kind of funny. Yeah, we know Draymond Green, as we said, uh, he plays with an edge when he's on the court. He's an agitator. He's the emotional leader. He sets the tone for the Golden State Warriors team. He has an outgoing personality. It's whether you love him or you hate him, and you see why he, his podcast is doing very well with the volume. You know, I'm sure he's going to replace Charles Barkley at some point when he retires, when Draymond Green hangs it up and goes to TNT. So Dr- Draymond Green has an intriguing personality. He may say some things that is correct or politically incorrect at times, but uh, the timing of it or the way he says things that may tick some people off, but – uh, he's very intelligent, very engaging. So uh, uh, this is not a shock to me. You may not yeah, like the, it, but it's not a shock. Mm. What about uh, what about Steph's comments? You about calling himself the petty king? Well, you know, Steph's always been that kind of charming. Uh, what what would you call it? Uh, I'm not going to say self promoting guy, but he's always been that fun guy that kind of. Uh, uh, passive aggressively rub it in people's faces on the court with the silly gestures and whatnot. He has the right to do that because he's one of the best, if not the, he'll probably be the best shooter of all time in NBA history. He backs it up with his actions. And so uh, I'm not surprised about that either. I know some people, we, we have to take things into context. People may say things in, in a serious fashion. Some people may say things in a, in a sarcastic, funny fashion. So it's all about context, you know, if you, if you love it at the end of the day, great. If you hate it, that's on you too. So I'm not surprised by any of this stuff. They're just having fun. They just won the championship. Let's go. 
Yeah, it's sort of silly that people are kind of making an issue. Some yeah. people, not a lot, but some people are kind of taking an issue with that. I just thought that was hilarious. But, you know, going into some like, I guess, the big news that kind of came out, I guess, earlier this morning. Um, apparently, I guess Kyrie Irving is ready to move on, especially, you know, well, at least mm-hmm. according to some of the uh, some of the reports, I guess uh, he doesn't want to stay in Brooklyn. And he... You know, I guess it's like one of the uh, one of the teams. I guess uh, the Lakers and the Knicks are also among those going to be potential suitors for uh, the seven-time NBA All Star. So, what do you think about that? If you're the Knicks, this would be a big splash. But if you're Kyrie Irving, do you really want to go to that team? Uh, that team is in, still in transition right now. I know head coach Tom Thibodeau. He he may not. He's not fired. So. I think next season he's definitely going to be on a shorter leash. And so and they may lose Mitchell Robinson. He may come to the Bulls. We'll get into the Bulls side of things in a few minutes. But that team is talking about the Knicks are in transition. Julius Randle, they they may shop him this summer. They might not. If they do, they're not going to get as much as a return because he didn't have the type of year that he did a year ago when he won most improved player, led the Knicks to the playoffs, and also became an all-star. So you had fools go with Julius Randle. So if you, if they bring on Kyrie, who else are you going to bring? If it's just him and a bunch of scrubs, that's not going to work. Now, as far as the Lakers are concerned, what are they going to do with Russell Westbrook? Let's just say LeBron James did want Kyrie Irving. He wanted Russell Westbrook a year ago. Look what happened. You got to get rid of Russell Westbrook. And the Lakers are over the cap anyway. You paying Russ. You paying Anthony Davis. Of course, you uh, paying LeBron James. I know he's a free agent after next year, but... If you're LeBron James, okay, you want Kyrie, uh, uh, money's not going to be an issue. But as far as your salary cap, it is an issue. <laughs> it, it really is. And I think that's sort of like, not your situation is a good situation for Kyrie. I can yeah. already see him and Tibbs, you know, you know, clashing. So that, that could lead to some problems. Also, too, you know, with the Lakers, like you said, with the cap. I mean, is there room? They're not, they're not going to find be able to find anybody to you know take uh, Russ's contract. That's not happening. I know there have been some rumors about Anthony Davis. So mm-hmm. good luck with you know not only the contract, but also his injury issues too. So mm-hmm. both situations are not very good. So we'll we'll see what happens there. But uh, I got to call out a really good friend of ours, friend of the show, SB Nation's Ricky O'Donnell. I don't, you know he's usually tongue in cheek on Twitter, but I, he actually had a a, a Photoshop. Uh, photo with uh, Durant in a Bulls jersey. Now I had to tell him, like Ricky, don't you put that out there? Don't put that. You know how <laughs> Bulls fans, some not all, but you know how some Bulls fans yeah. are. They're like, ah, but you know, you're gonna have to get rid of a lot, and they don't. And unfortunately, the Bulls don't have much to give. So I don't think, even if that were the case, if Katie was available for the Bulls. I don't think you'd be able to, you know, get anything for him. I mean, you're gonna have to maybe get rid of P. Will, maybe I O, and maybe a future first rounder, among other things. So, yeah, uh, Ricky, don't put that out there, honey. Don't don't do that. He still has it up, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, and of course, uh, Kevin Durant is making a whole lot of money, so we know the Bulls are up against it as far as the salary cap is concerned. They do have a little wiggle room, but not much. And even if they do sack, uh, which I expect them to sign Zach Levine to the max deal. The Bulls don't have much, and yes, you'll have to give up just about the whole bolt for Kevin Durant, but I, here's the thing, Lakina. Will that 
but that put the Bulls over the top. Like I said, you'll have to probably give up both young players, and I don't think Arturis Karnaschovas and GM Mark Eversley will want to do that. One of them, fine, but both IU and P-Will, no, I don't think so. And don't forget, Vucevic will possibly have to be part of that deal as well because he uh, he makes a significant amount of money as well. Not as much as Zach will potentially would make, but he makes a pretty decent amount of change as well. Yeah, that's another thing. So, yeah, you're probably going to get rid of, like, half your team in yeah. order to kind of like, you know, you know, get the right to come in and, and such. But he's not going to get you over the top, especially not in that Eastern Conference, which suddenly has, like, a whole lot of depth now. So mm-hmm. I don't think any of this is as good is happening. But, okay, we'll see with Kyrie. I mean, I think you never know with, with Kyrie. I mean, he might change his mind in about a week or two. So you never know. But, you know, you listen to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown, with you here. And, you know, some of the other sort of, crazy you know bulls rumors i guess i wish we had some like breaking music because it's sort of one of those do, things do, where, do, do, yeah do, I mean, do, 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 do. We, well yeah that that okay that, not your best sit but you made the practice <laughs> uh, uh apparently i i guess uh bradley beal who i think was at um uh, one of the uh washington lakes games i believe over the weekend you know, there were some rumors that he, of course, you know, you know, sat out the, the year, the rest of the year for, you know, because of injury. But mm-hmm. apparently, I guess uh, the Sixers are kind of a top contender for him. I know some people have said maybe the Bulls. So what do you think about the rumors with Bradley Beal? I kind of heard that rumor late last month as well with Bradley Beal trying to link his way up to Philadelphia. I know James Harden, the other player they were going to talk about now, that he also has a player option for next year. Most people expect him to pick that up, so he wants to work with Joel and B for the entire season. Of course, James Harden was acquired by Philadelphia in his chance for Ben Simmons prior to the trade deadline back in February. But if Bradley Beal goes over to, Minna- to, sorry, to Philadelphia, that's going to uh, make a great trio Here's the thing, Harden wouldn't have to do as much in terms of the offensive end. He's the pressure's still going to be on him come playoff time. But Bradley Beal, he's one of the best young scorers in the game. I can't believe he's still 29. It seems like we've been talking about him for the last five, six years in terms <laughs> yeah. of uh, being moved. But for whatever reason, he's been loyal to the Washington Wizards. And they've been going through over the last three or four years. Ever since John Wall's injury a few years ago, they just can't find a match to pair up with Bradley Beal. Now, Bradley Beal will be interesting for that for the Bulls, but once again, their price tag. Also, too, Miami is like the latest rumor. I think that one that they came out over the weekend about perhaps maybe him in Miami. Now, maybe him and Jimmy could work. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and so uh, the cap. I don't know what their cap situation is. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm thinking I'm talking about. So that's another thing that's kind of starting to sort of you know, you know, the rumors are kind of that sort of like you know a little bit there. So I know for what I've read, I know he's been very loyal, but it, it seems like I guess. Well, like you said, he's 29 now. So I I think he mm-hmm. probably realizes that if he wants to, you know, perhaps maybe get a chance to perhaps maybe contend, he might have to leave uh, uh, D.C. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, you know, the Bull. Okay, well, okay, we'll, we'll get to the NBA draft stuff in just a second. But I want to give mm-hmm. some of these Bulls rumors because, you know, more Bulls rumors, you know, have been out the pipe. Of course, of course, you know, Zach Levine is expected to resign with the Bulls for the Max. We were talking about for the last couple of weeks, but also too, John Collins has been. That's a you know sort of that's a, you know the uh, the top power forward from uh, uh from Atlanta that they might trade. You know perhaps maybe uh, you know he he might sign with them. You know he's up uh this year too. John Collins is so he's been sort of I guess Trey Young's like right hand guy. So what do you mm-hmm. think about this? What do you think about this? Would he be a good fit if the Bulls do decide to you know to trade for him? 
I don't think it'll be a bad fit. I know he had kind of had an up and down year. He finally showed his talent mm-hmm. last year in that surprise one for the Atlanta Hawks to the Eastern Conference Finals. He's kind of been hit and miss for me. Would he yeah. work for the Bulls? Talent-wise, yes, but for me, can you bring it every night? If you can bring it every night, cool. But right now, that part of it is up in the air for me. That That's the cloud over his head for, for me in terms of John Collins potentially working for the Bulls. He fits what they need in terms of athleticism and uh, getting mm-hmm. up and down the floor. But can he play defense consistently? And can it just be consistent? Right now, that's the question I have mm-hmm. for him right now. Yeah, that that's kind of the thing that worries. I've always liked his game and you know and everything, but uh, yeah, the consistency has always been an issue for me because sometimes, sometimes he brings it, sometimes he doesn't. He kind of disappears, mm-hmm. and you know, it was definitely that's all. But it's kind of like the thing when he got out of high school was because he was kind of inconsistent. Sometimes he shows up, sometimes he doesn't. So, but he's twenty four now, so maybe he can grow up a little bit. But we didn't really see him too much of him last year, so that's sort of like the thing there. I'm a little worried about that, but. We'll see what happens there now. I think there was another rumor that I wanted to bring up with you, Sid, before we talk about the draft. Yeah, I'll, I'll get back to it, but yeah, let, let's talk about the draft because the draft is coming up on mm-hmm. Thursday. It kind of snuck up on some folks. Uh, but, uh, you know, some of the old, I know we, we talked about EJ Liddell a lot, you know, from Ohio State, the three year uh, guy from Ohio State. But also, I saw obviously a couple of drafts where Terry Easton, who is the sixth man of the year from the SEC from LSU. Mm-hmm. His name is being floated around there too in, in some of the recent mock drafts. So what which one do you think would be a good fit for the Bulls? And if not, with somebody else. Uh maybe I saw one article, uh Jalen uh, from actually from SB Nation, uh Jalen Duran out of Memphis. You know, I watched him a few mm-hmm. times last year under Penny Hardaway. He's a very good player. I want my we gotta ask our girl, our girl Cassie Carlson about that. Yeah. Uh, Spock Chicago, because she covered that team for like mm-hmm. I think the three years that she was there. So yeah, and Jalen uh, Duran is very good. We kn- we all know that the Bulls need some shooters, and they need the uh, def- uh, defensive presence uh, to protect the paint defensively. Jalen Duran may may be a little bit of a stretch, but I won't I won't be su- I wouldn't be surprised if the Bulls drafted him. But I think the Bulls' top priority is to go after a big man who can uh, get the rebounds and control the paint. And we talked about EJ Liddell because we are in Big Ten country. Uh, in terms of college basketball, he played at Ohio State. So I, we're, we're, I know I am more familiar with, with Mr. Liddell. So I think he'll be the concentric pick uh, for for many Bulls fans because we've seen him play the most. But uh, Jalen Duran is, uh, is uh, shouldn't uh, should get some love there, uh, potential for that 18th pick as well. It's between those two, in my opinion. Yeah, like I think I think it'd be a coin flip, and I think. You know, whoever they choose, you know, whether one's gone beforehand or because we usually see things happen in the NBA mm-hmm. draft. You know, we'll see what happens now. Uh, who's going to be going number one? You, of course, you got Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga, Jabari Smith from Auburn, you know, Paolo Pachero from Duke, you know, also Keegan Murray from Iowa. His name's being floated around as perhaps maybe a top three guy. So there's a, there's a lot of guys out there. And this is actually a pretty deep draft. So I'm, I'm wondering, like, if you're – you know, sort of like the team is going to be really good based on need. I mean, if you think about it. And also, too, if you're Orlando, I'm sure they're fielding calls or what could be the best deal to for that number one pick. But mm-hmm. call me crazy, Lakina, uh, there's not much value in that number one pick this year. Like I said, this is for me mm-hmm. as an outsider looking in, but there's not so much value for the number one pick as in years past because Clearly, in years past, not so much last year. We we probably knew the Katie Cunningham, your guy was going to go 
at the top. But in years past, we all know who's going to be the number one pick. It was either uh, this one person or that other person. I don't get that sense this year. Like it will probably it'd be more beneficial down the road because, like you said, this is a deep draft. But we just do not have that consistent consensus number one pick. I think if you're Orlando, you find it tough to shop around that number one pick. If you want to do it, you can't do it because you don't have that consistent number one. Yeah, and I think that's sort of the thing. If you're Orlando, you're kind of in a sweet spot. If you're Orlando, I mean, you, you could stay there if you know take the guys I've mentioned, or you could probably mm-hmm. see you kind of dangle it in front of the other teams, you know, behind you. It's like, hey, you know what? We may or may not keep the number one pick. Do you, you know, do any takers? So I, I think you know, seeing if you see some of like the latest reports, are sort of wonder. You got to wonder. Yes, they have it. I know John. Well, uh, Jeff Wellman. I should say he's the Magic president. I know he's kind of. You know, still very early in the process. You know, he said, eh, you know, maybe, you know, I, I think, you know, if we're being honest here, they haven't really decided yet on what they're going to do with it. So, you know, yeah. they, they could they could pick somebody. They could perhaps maybe, you know, maybe they could trade it to some you – know, trade it. I mean, it's sort of one of those things where you're – but you're in a good spot if you're Orlando. I don't think anybody thought that, thought that Orlando would get the number one pick. So <laughs> now that you got it – you might want to play a little bit of chess a little bit. You, you know, we, we've seen this on every, basically every draft. So I wouldn't be surprised. They sort of like, we don't find out. It's like literally in the last minute, like those like very like last second when they're on the clock, you're yeah. like, okay, trade or are we going to pick up, pick the other, some of the other guys I mentioned, but we'll see. You listen to second city sports, the Monday edition. We're live in living color right here on sports old Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can get at us on the Facebook and the YouTube Go to uh, Sports Old Chicago on Facebook or Sports Old Chicago YouTube. Type your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will uh, get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, let's get into some free agency talk for the last few minutes here to close out our number one. Of course, the Bulls, as you said, as we said, that they are expected, according to reports, to resign resign Zach Levine to the max deal. There's been names been floated out there: Mitchell Robinson. Uh, perhaps uh, the the rumor trade for Rudy Gobert. There was rumors that Patrick Williams, uh, the Utah Jazz, that Danny Ainge wanted him, including the deal. The new Bulls management said no. And also, too, there's one name that, that's out there. He may he may make more than five million dollars. That's why you won't come here. But you know, I've been talking about this guy all year. And speaking of the Warriors, he was a difference maker on those Warriors teams the like their last two championships before this year from the Phoenix Suns, Javale McGee. Too bad the Bulls can't find any room to get him over here. Yeah, he, I mean, that's, yeah. he saw the Bulls' problems defensively more than Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert uh, would help the Bulls defensively. Like we had our guy Josh Hicks on here uh, on our last Monday show, and he said that he wouldn't work out. He wouldn't work with the Bulls with the way the system runs offensively. And plus, that price tag goes up for Mr. Gobert every year anyway. So that wouldn't be a good idea for the Bulls. But do you think Javale has McGee has a small chance for the Bulls to? Rare Bulls uniform. That would be great for your Shirley. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. I mean, look, you know, strange days happen. I mean, I mean, but again, that's a lot of money that they would have to, you know, they would have to prove and maybe give them too much. But again, does do they have the room to sort of the fit? They're already pushing the cap anyway, so mm-hmm. that'd be a nice little that'd be a nice little dream if we could give like a veteran. He could be kind of like that veteran press, especially with all the playoff experience that he has. So. That that would be cool, but again, it might not be realistic. So we'll see. There, I mean, some of the other names that are being floated around for potential free agency. Of course, DeAndre Ayton. You know, those rumors started even before the Suns got eliminated by the Mavs. Speaking of the Mavs, Jalen Brunson, especially with the Mavs trade for Christian Wood. Now his name is being floated around. Perhaps maybe you know trade targets as well. 
and the you know the Cavs, you know, they're sort of like their top guys, you know, Colin Sexton, Karis LeVert, you know, they're you know trade mm-hmm. targets too. So there are a lot of sort of familiar names that are out there on the market. And will there be any movement? I think that's sort of the thing. Also, Kevon Looney, who you know, of course offers you know first championship with the Warriors, of course. You know, Hornets, we'll get to them in a second because, you know, some interesting news <laughs> happened there over yep. the weekend. Uh, so, yeah, so there are a lot of names that are being floated around. We might see some of these names, you know, move before the draft. Who knows? So, yeah, and, uh, of course, we talked we talk about Bradley Beal and such. So, so, so many rumors. You know, it's not it's not as, you know, like, pungent as it is in the NFL, but it's still pretty cool. Like, if you're the NBA, you're still like, kind of, like, right there in the headlines. Lakina, this is just me going to my X-Files conspiracy theory mode. One more again, because I know some people are hard of hearing. I'm going to my X-Files conspiracy mode. If you're GM Mark Eversley and or Arturis Karnas Shelvers, are you going to at least take a look at that Cleveland situation with Colin Sexton and or Karis LeVert? Here's why. Remember, there's been reports out for the last few weeks that they're concerned about Lonzo Ball's knee. I know mm-hmm. we saw what we what we got from rookie Io Dusumu last year. Alex mm-hmm. Caruso is your backup too. He yes. brings the energy off the yes, bench defensively. Yes. Would you at least sniff around Colin Sexton? I mean, I would. I would probably sort of take a peek and see, okay, what's going on here? Do I have to who would you have to get up, give up though? I think that's the thing. I know Sexton, mm. Sexton's been a, been a very solid, you know, he's still very young. I think he's only like 24 or 25. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm wondering, like, he is, is maybe a guy that he could probably say maybe solve a lot of the Bulls' problems, but mm-hmm. would you have to trade a Vooch or a P-Will or an Io so you can get him? And if you're the Cavs, do you want to trade within your division? So that's another, I know it's not I know it's not really a thing in the NBA, like it's in the other uh, leagues, but do you want to trade him within the uh, your own division? So it's such a division. So it's sort of one of those things where you're kind of like, hmm. Although, I, I, if you're, look, I think, I, look, I look. I'm a firm believer that uh, AK and Eversley always, always. We always say like bad guys move in silence. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they might have something up their up their sleeve, but we just don't know it yet. Yeah, I'm sure they're probably just you know. I don't know if they're laughing. But I'm sure they're just chuckling. All these rumors. Some of them are very wild. Yeah. Coming out <laughs> what the Bulls are gonna do. So I'm sure they're just like, mm, okay, okay. Well, it's a little fast one, I guess. So. Yeah, the reason why I asked that is because Colin Sexton, he was doing good for Cleveland last year before he got hurt. Remember, we saw the emergence of Darius Garland, who became an mm-hmm. all-star. We saw what happened with uh, Jared Allen, who they picked up from the Nets uh, the, around this time last year. He became an all-star. And we saw what they did when they picked up Kyrie Zavar and they trade from the Indiana Pacers. And so if you're Cleveland, if you get the right deal, Colin Sexton, you may say bye-bye, but if you're the Bulls, you may sniff around there a little bit because you're not sure of the future of Lonzo Ball, who you had to give up a second-round pick, which you lost uh, after that investigation. So if you're Bulls, you're probably sniffing around Colin Sexton a little bit. I'm not saying go get him today or else you're going to fail on all that foolishness. No, but I'll be sniffing around there a little bit, just a little bit. If the reports are true that you're very concerned about Lonzo Ball because even though we saw some improvement on Vio DeSumo, he's not the future point guard of this Bulls team. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, he's he's not he's not there. He's, he's still got a lot of stuff to develop. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens there. But yeah, I mean, I I feel like you know what? It, mm, like I said, I'm sure. Look, they might have something up their sleeve that would probably have no clue. Like, whoa, wait a minute, I didn't know that was coming. So yeah, that, that's I'm sure they're just like I said, they're just chuckling at chuck, chuckling at all the rumors. 
Now, I want to get to this before we go have to go to break, Sid. Of course, the news, the breaking news that came out over the weekend is that Kenny Atkinson, no, 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 he's not going to the Hornets. He told the Hornets, uh, no, I'm staying here in the Golden State guys have, you know, got his first championship ring. And I think he probably realizes that, yeah, you know what, I, I'm good here. So what do you think about that news of you're basically saying, eh, you know what, I'm good, you know, bye-bye. And now the Hornets are back to where they started. <laughs> One, shocking. And number two, as we always say, Lakina, we heard this statement growing up uh, in all our lives. Nothing's official till those I's are dotted and T's are crossed. Long as those things didn't happen, you're 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 good to go. So I'm sure you looked at that Hornets roster and potential moves they could make. It's like uh, I don't know if I'll have full control because most coaches want full control over their rosters. Yes, you had to work with the with the general manager, but I just look at that what the Hornets have. I know they have um, uh, Miles Bridges as a restricted free agent this summer, mm-hmm. and I know they have some other uh, young uh, players that are on the up and up, but. I think just from an outsider's perspective, he may not have as, as much say in that roster as he thinks. He may not have as much as control over their team as he thinks. So that's probably he's looking at it. Well, uh, I, I might not have a fair shot. Let me stay over here and look for a better opportunity. Yeah, like you never know. I mean, I think he probably saw a little taste of that uh, that championship ring and probably like, nah, you know what? I think I might, you know, he might. Look, whatever Kerr decides to retire or whatever, which could be, you know, in the next few years, you never know. He yeah. might think he may have an outsider shot of getting that job too. Now, again, that's assuming that if Steph and Draymond and Clay are all like, you know, they don't have separating cash or injury, injuries because they're getting up there too. They're all over 30. Mm-hmm. I know Clay just turned 30, but they're kind of getting up there in age. So there's a lot of wear and tear. So. Mm-hmm. You never know. Yep. So we'll see your habits with the NBA going forward as the season is over. The draft is this Thursday at 7 o'clock p.m. on ESPN. The Bulls will have the number 18th pick. Of course, we'll review that pick along with the other uh, draft picks on our next show on Friday at noon right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two straight ahead. We'll get to our tribute to former Chicago sports writer John Boone Mullen. We'll preview tonight's game three of the NHL Stanley Cup final between the Colorado Avalanche and the Tampa Bay Lightning. We'll get Lakina's uh, review of the U of the uh, golf championship for over the over the weekend. And we'll have our old school TV Monday salute to a television show that helped shape a cable network. We'll leave you with that dot 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 to ponder and a whole lot more. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to the Monday edition of Second City Sports right here on Sports Zone Chicago.
Welcome back to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Sydney Brown. I'm Lakina McGee. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Oscar McGee on the IG. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter in the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. And we have less than 60 minutes left of this extravagance we call a sports talk radio show. And maybe there's a Bulls management calling Lakina. We don't know. But regardless, <laughs> but regardless, you have a question or comment during any of our topics during today's show, especially for the last hour. You can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, let's kick off our number two of Second City Sports by discussing that hockey. That's right. The Stanley Cup playoffs are, are taking place. Actually, it's the Stanley Cup final. In the Tampa Bay Lightning in the Colorado Avalanche will play game three tonight. That's at seven o'clock Central Standard Time on ABC. For those of you that watch this uh, outside the United States, you can watch that game uh, on Hockey Night in Canada. For those of you watching us in Canada, uh, that's Hockey Night in Canada. The Colorado Avalanche lead that best of seven series, two games to none. They won game two on Saturday by the score of seven to nothing. The Tampa Bay Lightning has been struggling in the first period throughout the first two games of the series. Saturday night was no exception. The Colorado Avalanche scored four goals in the opening period. The Tampa Bay Lightning were very undisciplined. Uh, they had coverage breakdowns defensively. I, I didn't think they were uh, aggressive enough. Uh, they got it together uh, from the second period on in game one before losing a heartbreak in the overtime in game one on Wednesday. But Saturday night, John Cooper, the head coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning, he has a lot of work to do. It was uh, maybe fatigue is playing a part with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't know. But it was a defensive coverage breakdowns, giving up odd man rushes. We all know that the Colorado, Colorado Avalanche like to uh, run and gun with the puck. They have... Uh, the best uh, skaters in the world. You have the best scorers in the world with Gabriel Landeskog and Nathan McKinnon leading that charge on the front line. And we saw that that line stepped up on Saturday night for the Colorado Avalanche. They used that home ice at the ball center to their advantage, and they took advantage of Tampa Bay's mistakes. And Darcy Kimber, their starting goalie, didn't have to do too much. He held down the four, and the Colorado Avalanche were able to cruise to a 7-0 victory in game two to take a commanding two games to none lead. If you're a Tampa Bay Lightning fan, are you worried that that the series is over? The next two games are at home in South, in South Florida in Tampa. So we all know that Tampa has been uh, very good at home during these playoffs. And so do you expect that trend to continue? Or do you think that they'll just win one game or, be, or possibly being swept? out of this series is very possible, but I think Tampa Bay, uh, the time is now to get back into the series and game three is tonight. There, there was no extra day between traveling between nope. uh, traveling from Denver to Tampa. You had that extra day between games one and two in, in Colorado uh, and dealing with the altitude. Do you think they may have played a factor in it too, or do you think they just got outplayed? Lakina joins us again. Yeah, sorry about that, folks. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, that was my sister. You know, she's you know she's coming back tomorrow. She was on a trip. She's been on a trip the last few days. But yeah, I mean, as far as I mean, I've heard people say that like, oh, well, it might have been you know, I guess the altitude and such. But you can only use that excuse for so long. I think they were just outplayed, and you thought that maybe okay, they scored those three goals. Yeah. You know, uh, 
you know, the abs did and within that, you know, that 10, like 15 minute span, they had mm-hmm. thought, oh, you looked up there, they were a four nothing. And they look up, they, you know, then they're a five nothing. And then, you know, Kale McCarr had another, you know, scored those last two goals that is Hiltisri. One of them was a shorty. So, and a power play. So it's one of those things where you're kind of like, okay, all right. If you're, I mean, I know people have said, I heard uh, P.K. Supan, you know, of course, when the Devils men just don't get up this morning, he's their, uh, he's their um, NHL analyst, I guess, for the remainder of the Stanley Cup playoff, mm-hmm. the Stanley Cup final, I mean. And he said that, okay, yeah, yeah, they were up, the Rangers were up 2-0 uh, as well, but, you know, the Rangers, these are the abs we're talking about. So, <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, they have a little bit more depth and talent than they the Rangers, they, the Rangers do, so... You know, it's sort of one of those things where you hope that maybe the experience, you know, Steven Stankos can wake up. You hope yep. that Kucherov can wake up, you know, stop you with the silly penalties and such. Yes. So that's kind of been the problem, Ryan McDonough. You know, where are you? You know, where are you He took at? a dumb penalty on Saturday night. Yeah, mm. talk about dumb penalties. So, yeah, it was yeah. it was sort of like it all kind of manifested. And I'm, I'm kind of like, I think the abs are kind of showing you why they were one of the top teams in the NHL this year. So, I honestly don't know. Like, I, I feel like, I don't know. I don't want to say the series is over because I, I certainly didn't do it in the, in the Eastern Conference final. But I'm trying to kind of in that point where you're kind of like, look, yeah, it's, it's getting, it's getting, it's going to get ugly. And if you're the lighting, you better try to take advantage and pounce quick so you can try, try at least try to even this series. Look, you know, we talked about this preview in the series last week. We talked about these two things that was going to come down to power play. In goaltending. Now, the power play for Colorado has been tremendous throughout the Stanley Cup final. Mm-hmm. There were two for four on Saturday night, while Tampa Bay was 0 for 3. I think Tampa Bay is now 0 for 6 with the man advantage in, through the first two games of the Stanley Cup final. Colorado has put, I believe, three power play goals on the board in the first two games. So their power play has been tremendous. It's been tremendous throughout this mm-hmm. whole playoff. That's one of the reasons why they're here in the final round. But I want to a couple, point out a couple of st- statistics. The shots on goal from Saturday. The Colorado almost doubled Tampa Bay with 30 to 16 mm-hmm. shots on goal. And the hits uh, kept on coming, even though Tampa Bay led with more hits in game two. Game one, you could tell they were outplayed in that first mm-hmm. period in terms of uh, being physical. But they brought the physicality. But when you do that sometimes, and when your offense is not going, you take dumb penalties. And that's what happened with Tampa. Tampa outhit Colorado 57 to 46. But like I said before, when, when you play that physical game, when your office is struggling, uh, you give up chances, and that's what happened. And with the total penalties, Tampa Bay had 14. That was way too many. Yeah, I think Kipper probably – I think I saw him, like, you know, clean the glass on his uh, goalie uh, nets because you know, he really, <laughs> really, really had much to do. He just kind of just sat yeah. there like, okay, where is everybody? But, uh, yeah, it's just dumb penalties all around by the Lightning. They're a veteran team. They know better. So you wonder, like, you mm-hmm. hope they can kind of – you know, wake up. And I'm sure, look, I'm sure the, the arena is going to be rocking down there in Tampa. I mean, but again, I will say this, uh, this little stat here, uh, the Avs are the fifth team and the first since 1976 when the Canadians did it, take a 2-0 mm-hmm. lead in the Stanley Cup final against the defending champs. Three of the previous four went on to ho- hoist the cup. So not good odds if you're if you're Tampa. So if you could look, this is a, this is a time to try to get back in the series tonight because look, they need to be aggressive but not too aggressive. Try to sort of mm-hmm. you know pounce early and sort of see if you can kind of you know throw the abs off their game. You're kind of in their you're in their territory now, so you kind of take advantage and try to win these next two home games. Yeah, it's now or never for the Tampa Bay Lightning, as you said, Lakina. Uh, they had to set the tone in the first period, as I pointed out before. 
Tampa Bay in the first period through the first two games of this series has given up seven goals, and that's and 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 that's not good. And, and you when you always have to play catch up uh, to start mm-hmm. the game, and that's not good. It spends all your energy and it, it tires you out at the end. And that's exactly what we've been watching. We've been watching with this Tampa Bay team throughout the first two games. You set the tone early tonight because it's now or never, or else you go down three love. But you know, you start off fast early, set the tone, and do not take any dumb penalties. And when your offense is not going, you have to do a double chase. What's dump a chase? You know, when you shoot the puck over, when you cross center eyes, you shoot the puck mm-hmm. into the corners, you go out and battle, and then you create your chances of creating traffic in front of the front of the goalie's net or from right there. Sometimes you gotta get it get in there in the corners, do the dirty work. And Tampa Bay can't do that, they just haven't done that enough in this series. Yeah, and I think that's sort of they need to kind of get back to what got them this far. You know, mm-hmm. be more aggressive, like I, but like you also said, not take, you know, don't take t- dumb penalties. Try to pounce early. See if, you know, look, your veterans step up. Let your Stamkoses and your Kucherovs and Sorelli's and them and Cernak and them. And sort of try to see if you can kind of, you know, sort of take advantage of that. Use that home ice advantage that you're going to have these next two games and try to get back in the series. Because if not, if the Avs, you know, do the same thing they, they like they've been doing the last, you know, mm-hmm. the first two games. You may not be able to get out of that hole, and you might look. You might be they might be celebrating your home ice in a few days. So if you're <laughs> if you're look, I'm I'm saying I'm I'm serious. I'm being serious. I'm not trying to be funny, but uh, yeah, that could happen. So you know, I'm hoping that they can write the ship. I hope they can kind of you know they can get back to sort of being the team that we all saw that saw that kind of led them to the uh here to the final. But it's getting it's getting hard and harder to sort of believe that. So if you're Look, the, the Avs played uh, close to a perfect game on Saturday. So it was just everything went right for them. You know, everything went wrong for the Lightning. So hopefully the Lightning can kind of flip the script. We'll see. We'll see. Game three is tonight at 7 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on ABC and ESPN+. Plus. For those of you watching in Canada, you can watch that game on CBC slash Rogers Sports Net. They'll have that game for you and to our good folks in Canada. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. We're talking sports as usual. Lakina, let's get your PGA uh, PJ no, 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 wait, I won't wait, 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 wait on that till like 1.30 because I have a couple okay. other hockey notes I want to. Uh, oh, okay, okay. I want to uh, send out here. Now, what do you think about the John Tortorella, uh, him uh, now being the head coach of the Flyers? I wanted your uh, your thoughts on that. Okay, since we do a little audible here, I like when we do that every once in a while. It's good. Um, John Tortorella, he's one of those tough-minded uh, coaches. He's this new age Mike Keenan type, uh, no nonsense coach. Uh, uh, he can handle the media. Uh, I know he handled New York media. I know he had his issues with them uh, here and there, but I thought he handled them pretty well. Uh, that Philadelphia media is tough, and so I think mm-hmm. he'll handle them with, without a problem. And plus, with working with ESPN this past year, uh, he saw the landscape, and so. The Flyers, uh, they've been knocking around, uh, uh, getting into the playoffs for the last few years, but they just can't get over the hump. And what's been that number one problem throughout the years? Getting a starly, a starting goalie. And mm-hmm. let's see, uh, management can help him do that. But the Flyers, uh, even though they've been going through, uh, they're going through a transitional period as well. Uh, John Tortorella is a no nonsense guy, and that organization needs a coach like him to help set that team in the right direction. 
I was talking to a friend of mine who's a who's lives in that area in that region, and she's a big Flyers fan. And this could go. She and she's right. I mean, this could go either really good or really bad. So um, she's I'm right. Hoping, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, she is right. So I'm hoping that it's it's the former. So I'm hoping that they can kind of find success. Now, some of the other uh, coaching news here: uh, stars are closing in on press. Uh, Hiring veteran coach of Peter DeBoer as their new head coach. Um, you know, he's you know, he was fired by the Golden Knights. We'll, get, we'll actually get to them in a second because they mm-hmm. got a coach that I wanted the Hawks to try to get, but that's another, <laughs> you know, that's another. Uh, so, so, so what do you think about this? What do you think about this move? Oh, that's a Dallas is a good hire. The Dallas Stars are, as we said, Lakina, I know they made it to the cup final a couple years ago in the bubble against Tampa Bay. But, you know, that Stars team is a mediocre team. And let's see if Peter DeBoer, who helped that Vegas team uh, get to that Stanley Cup final mm-hmm. in their first year back in 2018, I believe. And so DeBoer is a very good coach. He's been in a couple other places before under winning programs. And so let's see if Dallas can finally get over that humbar. They're a championship team. No. But the, the, that's those teams are a type of teams that need to get over the hump and make deep runs in the playoffs, and hopefully they can do that. Yeah, hopefully, Candace, a good fit for them now. Let's get to the coach that I wanted for the Blackhawks. Bruce Cassie, of course, was unceremoniously let go by the Boston Bruins. Uh, just couldn't get to win the big one. Just couldn't get to that, you know, to that title, you know, that that Stanley Cup final. Mm-hmm. Uh, now he's going to be going to the Vegas Golden Knights. So, what do you think about this move? Uh, this is the first time that the Vegas Golden Knights, you know, this year missed the playoffs. Thank you, Blackhawks, for knocking them out on second to the, on the, on the Blackhawks home finale of this past season. But that Vegas Golden, Golden Knights team is a very good team. We all know how competitive the Western Conference is, and, and Bruce Cassidy is a, a very good coach for them. And so that's still a, a veteran squad. You still have a couple of uh, good young players over there. Mm-hmm. Over you can find the number one goaltender over there with the mm-hmm. Vegas Golden Knights. That's still a good ball club. And ball club with them. I'm talking about baseball. That's a very good hockey club. And so uh, they just barely missed the playoffs this year. They could very easily get back there next year. So I expect the Vegas going nice uh, without any major interest to get back to the playoffs next year. They have, they have the coach to do it. Yeah, they can. And that, you know, they got the talent. Now they just got to find the right coach. And he has mm-hmm. the right coach to do that. So I, you know, I wanted the Hawks to hire him. I, I don't know what the Blackhawks are doing. I, I don't know what's going on. They still don't have a coach, and I'm, I'm, I'm It I'm may getting... be Daryl King. You may be yeah, singing down with the King for the next few within. years if you're yeah. talking about a four or five year rebuild. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll see what happens. There. But here's so, the thing, yeah. Lakina, real quick. I know we, I know uh-huh. we got to move on in a minute, but uh, uh-huh. no, the, no, the... Let's, let's keep going here. Okay. <laughs> But I'll give our listeners and viewers our, our revisionist history. Remember before the 2008-2009 season, those mm-hmm. the tickets at the UC were cheap. After oh, yeah. the Hawks They're made cheap. it to the Western Conference Finals that year in 09, ticket prices started going up because it became the hottest thing in town, and we saw what happened with three Stanley Cups later. Even though it's going to get um, a potentially more ugly in the next few years, ticket prices are going to go down. And I got an email last week, Lakina. They're recruiting people to try to get season tickets. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say we're going to get season tickets and now I'll let you guys know down the road. But mm-hmm. they're at, they're desperately asking people to get uh, season ticket packages. That wasn't the case a decade ago because everybody was trying to uh, get on that before and it actually worked because it was a winning ball, uh, a hockey team. 
But now they're begging people to uh, get season tickets. And now back to matters on the ice with, with them searching for a new head coach. We talked about Barry Trotz. He doesn't want to rebuild. Uh, like you said, Bruce Cassidy, he probably said the same thing. Uh, no, said, no I wanna, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I want to win right now. I'm going to Vegas. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. there you go. But it looks like he may be Daryl King again. We'll see. But I know there's been rumors about them trying to trade Alex to bring it. He's the only no. uh, consistent goal scorer you ha have. I think it's a free agent after next year or two mm -hmm. years from now. We'll look that up. But uh, he's the only uh, real superstar that you have. Yes, Patrick Kane has gotten better as he's gotten older. But Jonathan Tays and me and Kenneth Davis on our back in our days at the old Dean Davis show, uh, Ken brought up the point that uh, Jonathan Tays should have been traded about three or four years ago. I agreed with Ken, but old GM Stan Bowman wanted to go after those cups, even though there was an old beat-up team following 2015. And uh, uh, the value that you would have had back then for Jonathan Taves, there's little to no value now if you want to trade Mr. Taves. Yeah, there really isn't. And you go, you're dealing with age and everything, a mm -hmm. lot of wear and tear and injuries. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I don't know if you're going to be able to get somebody to, you know, take that contract for, especially if you're trying to get, maybe get some prospects, maybe get some young talent on the team. So that that's definitely one of those things where you're kind of wondering like, what's, you know what? What's going to be in it for you for you to trade him? So it's definitely one of those things. I know. I know. Kaner said he wants to stay here. That he wants to finish his career here. So mm -hmm. I don't know. Like you know, maybe you know he's from Buffalo. So do you? I'm sure. Do the Sabers want him? I don't know. But those are your kind of your two top ticket items. And I looked it up. Debrinket's contract is actually up after next season. So it's going to be is very next interesting. Season okay. Yeah. So we'll be. Okay. It'll be interesting to see what they do because. If they do decide to maybe perhaps try to trade him, but he's kind of like one of your big ticket guys. So, and yeah, we know that the Blackhawks, it'll probably be another two, three years before they're kind of like right there into like that, you know, top tier of mm -hmm. contending. But at the same time, too, you need something to sell your fan base. Exactly. You, which, which do you want to sell? Do you want to sell an aging, uh, you know, no disrespect, but, you know, they're aging, you know, Kane and Taze or a young 24 year old guy like Debrinket, who is still, you know, can still go higher, but the only problem is that you're not going to be able to contend. So what's the point? So I don't know. You're kind of you're kind of stuck in the it's sort of stuck in the middle here. And so Kyle Davis has a lot to figure out. He does, and like you said, Alex Debrinke is still young. His ceiling is going to get e even higher. And in terms of King, uh, he now he has the right to say that he wants to stay a Blackhawk for the rest of his career. But that's up to new management, and we'll see what happens with that. But Jonathan Taves. Uh, thank you for. I don't want to kick him out the door, um, treating him like a quote unquote bum. No, he's done a lot of great things for the Blackhawks organization. But you know, this run's been over for the last few years, Lakina. It's time to move on. If he's if he plays in another uniform, uh, that's great. It'll be uh, uh, the best for this franchise. We see Duncan Keith. He, he was in the Edmonton Oils uniform. They almost got mm -hmm. uh, he almost got back personally to the Stanley Cup final, but it was short. But did I cry for him? No. He, he was an older player with that huge contract. It was time for him and the Hawks to move on. The same has to be done at some point. You might as well do it sooner rather than later with Taves and Kane, especially with John DeTaves. So I would yes. like to see Kane stay here and Taves move on. And, and maybe things will work out in that fashion. But if, if it was my choice, Kane would stay, Taves would go. You're not going to get much for Taves, but that's okay because you still have a lot of holes to fill with this team. Your starter goalie is not on this team yet. Your star defenseman, no disrespect no. to Seth Jones, but this wasn't a playoff team this year, folks. Mm -mm. And with that contract, uh, it's not good. So uh, your star defenseman is not on this team. Your starting goalie yeah. is not on this team. You still need two to three uh, goal scorers to fill out those uh, those uh, mm -hmm. other three lines to help out Alex Brinkett should you want to resign him at the next year.
And they're yeah, not on the I'm... roster yet either. No, they're not. So it's sort of one of those things where, like you said, what 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 do you do at this point? And so where, where do you want to try to contend? I mean, you know, do you want to, if you do trade either Kane or Taze and or Taze, you know, you're basically saying to your fan base, hey, we're going full rebuild. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's going to it's gonna be tough for the next three years, Blackhawks fans. So you're going to have to <laughs> try to adapt. And hopefully, you know, maybe Kyle Davidson will figure it out. I don't know. So. You listen to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, along with Sydney Brown. I'm Lakina McGee. Uh, hmm. You know what? Let's do our our, our tribute to uh, veteran uh, Bears beat reporter John mm-hmm. Moon Mullen, who sadly passed away early yesterday. About this time, actually, I think uh, Dan Pompey, of course, who also covered the covered the Bears uh, beat, you know, for years, uh, for. Many years, and this is hard because I know you guys have. I think have you guys? Did you guys have him on your show? When you were yeah, we were doing. Yeah, we we had him on uh, back on the old Dean Davis show on ChicagoLandSportsRadio.com. I know yeah. Kyle Means put out on the tweet yesterday said that he met him at training camp. Of course, we as a team uh, at uh, War Media in the Dean Davis, we were at Bears training camp from the years 2014 to 2016. I know Kyle Means. I met a couple of the media members. I know Kyle, Ken, and. Demise met the majority of the of the media that covered the Bears at that time. Of course, Dion Miller, the late Jack, Jeff Dickerson, Adam Johns, and mm-hmm. some of the uh, so, some of the others. Luke Canellis, who still does great work with Fox Thirty Two here in Chicago. But mm-hmm. uh, John Moon Mullen was always gracious to us. Plus, he was on the other afternoon show that I did too on ChicagoLandSportsRadio.com called In the Zone with uh, Ryan Bukovsky mm-hmm. and. Ralph Hill and Charles Prodigy Richard. He was he came on our show a couple of times too. He was a a very uh, a very nice man. He was very knowledgeable about the Chicago Bears. Uh, he mm-hmm. was close to that franchise as anybody. He wrote a, a couple of books. I'm sure you can still find it on Amazon or, and or eBay. I'm gonna uh, find it to purchase myself very soon. But I remember him, Lakina, and I'm gonna give our listeners and viewers a little revisionist history, our younger viewers. Remember back in the 90s when Fox took the NFC package mm-hmm. away from CBS before CBS mm-hmm. got it back prior to 1998? Remember, I know Corey McFerrin is still doing great work here in Chicago for Fox 32. He's a night news anchor, but he was doing mm-hmm. sports at that time. He came over from Channel 2 and when Fox picked up the NFC package. Uh, from, from CBS and the NFL, uh, they had the show. I know it's an hour now, but they had a half-hour show that aired Sunday mornings called Bear Sunday Live. It was Corey McFerrin, and they had yep. on John Mullen at the time. He was working at the Chicago Tribune. They used to bring him on every week before uh, before Fox NFL Sunday. And he was great there for many years. And remember, at that time, there was no NFL Network, <laughs> there was no social media. There was no internet back then. Right. So the only thing that was done locally for the Bears outside of their uh, flagship station, I think at the time it was WGN. I know there was on M- the old MAQ 670 for a couple yes. of years, and then they're on WBBM now. But outside of the network uh, radio obligations, nothing was done locally on TV uh, outside of Fox 32, which took over in 1994. Uh, but uh, I know the score in Chicago at that time, it was 1160 before they became 670 in 2000. But nothing too much uh, locally in Chicago was done on game day on Sundays. Only thing that was on for as far as uh, Fox 32 competition wise was NFL game day. They ran for an hour on Sundays on ESPN back in the day. And so that shows you how much things have changed. But I remember mm-hmm. watching John Mullen. He, he covered the Bears for the Tribune. For many years, of course, he was great to us on the Dean Davis show when we were getting our show started. Of course, in the zone, the other afternoon show that followed Dean Davis, he was great with us as well. 
And so it, when we heard, when I heard the news that he was suffering through cancer a couple of years ago, that, that I was like, uh, like everybody else, I was heartbroken and sad. And of course, I tweeted out the news yesterday. I saw that tweet too from Dan Pompey, uh that he passed away. He visited him about a, a week or so ago. He's like, yeah. uh, pray for him. Uh, he's still fighting the fight. Unfortunately, he lost his life, but his legacy will never be forgotten. He was one of the uh, great, knowledgeable guys when it comes to the Bears in the NFL. And so that that's what he should be remembered for. And I saw other colleagues and other reporters around mm-hmm. town tweeting out their tributes and their memories, including Jerry Payton when John yes. Mullen was on uh, the old CLTV sports feed a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you had a chance to check that out. Yeah, I saw that. And, uh, you know, he's just a good guy, too. I mean, everybody yeah. – you know, he was very, you know, all the players loved him, even when the Bears weren't very good. You know, the, the players are actually very, you know, kind and very gracious to him. And yes. also a very funny guy, too. I mean, he can share stories and he can talk for, I saw, heard some of the interviews that he did with, you know, with Corey and with Jared and with you guys, too. I know a couple of times when you guys had him on uh, Dean mm-hmm. Davis, you know, he was actually, you know, he could, he could, you know, we can. He can tell a great story. So it's yes. definitely a big loss for it's been a tough loss for Bears, you know, Bears. And they're kind of like, of course, we talked about JD, of course, passing away earlier this year. And of course, um, and also to it's sort of one of those things where you always you know, you want to try to remember for not how they die, but what legacy they leave. And you know, exactly. Moon was definitely one of those guys that you know, left a really great legacy. I mean, even, you know, Jim Miller, of course, you know, former quarterback for the Bears uh, said it best. He said he was one of his, you know, favorites because he was there. He was there every day, every single day. You know, mm-hmm. he he was very upbeat. He was always in a good mood. And I know Alice Brown said the same thing. He shared a nice uh, moment with mm-hmm. him uh, yesterday as well. So just, you know, just sort of, like I said, the players loved him, you know, and also too, I don't know the, the colleagues, you know, his colleagues, like, even some of his competitors, if you will, you know, we're very well respected. So it's sort of one yes. of those things where he was one of those guys that you just, you, you always love listening to. You love watching him. Cause I remember those, I remember when I first saw him during when he and, you know, of course, you know, Corey, when he was doing sports at the time, you know, share, you know, he was so, like I said, he, even though when the bears weren't very good, he was actually very nice. He was very sort of, you know, respectful of them. Usually you don't usually see that too much, but he was actually, mm-hmm. you know, he always kept it like, you know, kept it funny and kept it light. So he's definitely going to be missed, you know, all around among the bears. I'm sure a lot of the folks that are going to be doing some tributes to him, you know, when we get, when we get to training camp and such. So, and the bears actually put out a really nice statement too on social media and I'm sure they're going to do yes. something for him as well. They did. And I retweeted that out yesterday. You can go to my Twitter feed and see that there. So um, uh, may he rest in power. Mr. John Moon Mullen, he's one of the great men in our business and his legacy will never be forgotten. Like, you know, hopefully the Bears could do something on opening day on September 11th against the 49ers pay tribute to him. They did that on that week that Jeff Dickerson passed away. Hopefully they'll do the same thing for uh, Mr. Mullen. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, if you guys get a chance, you'll try. I'm sure some of that stuff's going to be on YouTube. I'm sure some of the stuff you mm-hmm. did with with you know, with Corey and everything else. So, I'm I'm, I'm kind of like you know right there with you. So, yeah. The hopefully, you know, like I said, like I said, hopefully they'll do something. I'm sure. I'm sure they will. Maybe in like the the preseason games. I mean, I'm sure maybe they'll do something with him as well. So, you know, hopefully mm-hmm. that that'll be the case there. So. All right, so we're gonna, you know, try to lighten things up a little bit here. We're gonna tackle. I would tackle the U.S. Open. You know, the newest U.S. Open champion actually has something in common with Jack Nicklaus. I'll tell you what. Tell you what that is. Also, too, uh, I'm sure there's gonna be some sports media news, and Sid's gonna have his. is uh we're gonna do our weekly uh monday old school monday roundup and you know uh sort of a show that kind of sort of changed the way for other shows to come what show are we talking about 
Hmm. Yeah, we'll we'll keep you guessing there. Hmm. Um, that's it. <laughs> hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm. I'm. Well, I'm not. I'm not said. I'm like, you like, what? Jesus. What the heck? <laughs> it's Monday. It's Monday, folks. Wait, give me a break here. It's Monday. <laughs> I'm. That's it. I'm Lakina. Jesus, I don't know what the heck's going on here. Uh, let me grab and go to break before we uh, totally lose it here. Uh, this is Second Seed Sports on Sports World Chicago. We'll see you on the other side of this break. Welcome back to Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We are live in living color right here on Sports Old Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Kenan McGee on the Twitter and at Kenan's McGee on the IG. We got less than a half hour of this extravaganza we call a sports talk radio show. You have any opinions or questions or comments during any of our topics of today's show, you can go to Sports on Chicago on Facebook and Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, I know you want to talk some golf. The UX Open took place over the weekend with the conclusion yesterday. Mr. Matt Fitzpatrick is your 2022 uh, PGA Tour uh, U.S. Open champion. He started his career as a 2013 U.S. Open amateur champion. He won the 2015 British uh, British Masters. And, of course, this year he won his first PGA Tour and uh, went in the U.S. Open. And came down to the final round and the final, almost the final hole, Akina, 
real zealotorious, had the lead, but he blew it down the stretch. Uh, up comes Mr. Fitzpatrick to clinch the win for the guy from the United, born and raised in the United Kingdom. He's also a Northwestern guy, too. He played golf at Northwestern for a couple of years. So I know. Chicago uh, stand up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, I guess, you know, he's who's a more famous Fitz now? Is it him or is it, you know, of course, football head coach and, of course, you know, all -Ameri former All-American linebacker, Matt, uh, no, Pat Fitzgerald, I should say. I'm getting them mixed up here. But, yeah, so now that's going to play that little game. But, yeah, that was a that was a great uh, first round. I could see why yeah, Sid sounded more uh, well-versed in it. So, you know, he, he prepped mm -hmm. pretty well in those next uh, hour, but in the last hour. But, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, it, it actually ended up being a great tournament. I mean, it was sort of one of those things that was up and down. I mean, I know Scheffler was up there for a little bit, you know, you know, that back nine kind of killed that that front sort of like that little corner there on the you know, ninth going to the tip. That kind of you know was it for him. Hideki Matsuyama yeah, he with a minus five. Yeah, uh Hideki Matsuyama, who I guess kind of had the best round from in that final round. A lot of people thought that maybe that score, you know, he shot a 65. Now people thought that score was gonna be, you know, sort of thing that kind of beats it and that either that might lead to a playoff. So you know, Rory really couldn't get it together consistently. He was kind of right there for a little bit. John Rom, just, you know, the defending champion, he just went sort of like kind of downhill, you know, about halfway through that front nine. And, you know, that was kind of it for him. So, and of course, you know, Brook, you know the country club in Brooklyn, that's probably one of the toughest U.S. Open courses. And like you said, Sid, you know, Fitzpatrick actually won the amateur and he joins Jack Nicholas. And I'm going to tell you guys why I had to pay off this tease. He joins Jack Nicholas, talking about Fitzpatrick, as the only players to win the U.S. Amateur and the U.S. Open in the same venue. Of course, Jack did it back in '61 and 1972. You know, first U.S. Open. So just a, a great and the cool thing about that moment was that you know you know Fitzpatrick, of course, uh, Pat Foster, who is a veteran caddy who's been close of more than a few times and such mm -hmm. and now he gets his first his first uh major championship so you got to feel good for him also to uh matt's brother alex who was a caddy for him when he was the u.s during the u.s amateur uh i remember you i remember watching the u.s open amateur he was you know really good and such he was on the back for him he was right there of course you know, with their with their parents they share that great moment they actually have a nice little picture if you go if you go by the pga tour uh Twitter feed from uh, last night. Um, they actually have a, a throwback picture with them, the four of them, you know, from 2013 and from yesterday. So that was a really cool moment, of course. It, it being Father's Day, Matt was able to share that moment with his dad. You know, both were able to share the moment with their dad and their mom as well. So that was really cool. And it was actually, the, you know, Zalatoris, you got to feel for him. This is, I think, like the fifth time he's finished top 10 out of, in the last nine majors. He, of course, he tied for second in the Masters. Of course, Scheffler uh won that one he's gonna be smarting that mm -hmm. that eight that shot on 18 where he could have forced a playoff so it just missed on the edge of that cup and i know he felt so bad and i'm sure it's only a matter of time for him it's only a matter of time because he's been close he's been close so many times especially in the last few years i'm sure he's been knocking on the door so i'm sure he'll get it and Fitzpatrick has been knocking on the door too as well the last couple of years so He's uh, one of those guys where I'm sure he's going to be probably going to be right there as one of the favorites at St. Andrews for the Open Championship in about a month. So, you know, just a great U.S. Open. And congrats to Mr. Fitzpatrick, a very worthy champion. A couple of questions for you, Lakina. I think you know what I'm about to ask at least one of them. But I'll go to Mr. Zalatoris first. Do you think it's going to come this era's Phil Mickelson? Uh, he's, he's known as a golfer. He's a very good golfer, but he chokes uh, at the last minute. Uh, he, can he ever win the big one? Do you think he's going to be known for that, or do we still have a while to go? I think we have a while. Like I said, I, I think he's okay. – 
like I said, he's been knocking on the door for some time now. I know he's like he's it's not really it's just bad luck. I don't know if it's choked. And he's only twenty five too, so I think he's still got okay. a, he's got a little a couple of years before we can start talking about he's gonna be the new Phil Mickelson. So I, I think we gotta give him a little bit of he's got the game, he's got sort of the the props to do it. You know, he's got the mentality. He look, you saw it afterwards, you know. I don't wanna say he was laughing afterwards, but he was sort of mm-hmm. like, you know, hey, it happens, it wasn't meant for me, so you know, but yeah, look, I think both that that whole group, I think, with him, Fitzpatrick, who's only 27, of course, Scotty Sheffield, what he's been doing, he's only his, oh, I think he's only like 25, too. Yeah, so you know, that that I think that I don't want to say it's a change of the guard, but I think that whole group, I feel like, is kind of like I don't want to say they're going to be like the next big thing for golf, but I think they're definitely kind of like that group that golf needs. So I think Zalator, like I said, he's been knocking on the door for a while now. I think it's he's going to break through, it's just a matter of when. Okay, with this, which leads you kind of led into my next question. Uh, as, as a casual, I mean, little casual Tiger Woods slash golf fan, uh, we talked about this the last few of the major tournaments, Lakina. Even though Tiger mm-hmm. Woods is, uh, he made his inspiration uh, return to the last couple of majors. We all know that he just doesn't have it due to his physical ailments. Who's going to be that next face for golf? Will it be Matt Fitzpatrick if he can get on a roll here? Is it Rory McIlroy? Let's be honest. Tiger has that personality. He has that figure, and, and he has the other elements that, that either you love him or hate him due to his younger days when he used to dominate almost every tournament. Will it be Mr. Fitzpatrick, or will it be somebody else that we, we don't talk about? Yeah, that's going to be an interesting part. I mean, I think, look, I think all this, this whole era, I think, is kind of wide open now. I mean, you saw it, you know, Scheffler's done it, you know, the last, you know, first, especially the first part of the year where he dominated, you know, winning both the players and the Masters. Um, You know, Matt Patrick, of course, like I said, he's been close a couple of times. Zalatoris, when he finally breaks through. Kyle Morikawa, don't forget about him. He has two majors already. He's only 26. So I I think, you know, sort of people kind of forgetting about him. I know he didn't, I know he didn't, you know, he kind of struggled those last couple of rounds of the U.S. Open, but I think he's definitely going to be up there too. So yeah, I think, Look, Rory, you know, people forget that Rory, Rory's 33. He's not that much younger than we are now, Sid. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, I'm talking that I think he's sort of, he's still kind of right there, too. So, yeah, there's still like, there's still kind of like this whole group. And I think if you're golf, I know with the live tour and all that, I know we've talked about ad nausea for the last couple of weeks, but I think there's still like a lot of big stars in golf. You're, you're seeing some of that rising stars and that commitment too. And I'm sure they'll figure it out, mm-hmm. you know, eventually. I know that the, the whole money thing is only going to go so far. And I know that some of the other guys have already said that they're not going to do it. So, you know, that that's, that's all there. So, yeah, I, I think, look, I, I think if you're a golf, I think you're in a, you're, you're, are you a little bit afraid of the live tour and some of the plucking some of your guys out? Hmm. Excuse me. Maybe a little bit, but like I said, I would be worried too much because I think there's still like a lot to figure out and such. Mm-hmm. Yeah, money is sort of the thing, but yeah, only that can only get you so far. We all look, we saw what happened with the USFL uh, the first time. And so look mm-hmm. what happened to them. You know, they were able to you know, pay more money and that kind of helped sort of, you know, got the NFL to kind of get together, sort of like bump up the salary. So we'll see what happens. Now, the Open Championship is going to be very interesting because with it being in St. Andrews, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of guys uh, there. I'm sure there's going to be about the big talk, especially with the you know, Britain, you know how how their tabloids are in Britain. So there's going to be a whole lot of stuff going on here. So we'll see what happens in about a month. I know they start those at least the coverage here in America. This starts about three or four o'clock in the morning because mm-hmm. of the time difference. That I do know. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
and I've already uh, and I've already sort of assigned Sid to watch at least some of the of the Open Championship. And yeah, I will do that. I will do that. You got a month to prep, so <laughs> 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 yeah, so you got it right there. <laughs> All right, Sid, you got any? Uh, of course, your congrats to Matt Fitzpatrick for I'm sure, I'm sure will be the first. I'm sure many uh, major championships because he's got the game to do it. I'm sure Will's out tours. I'm sure he'll 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 get he'll get his 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 shine his his time to shine as well. All right, you're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, the Monday edition. We're live and in living color. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can go to uh, Facebook, uh, Facebook, Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, before we get to our old school Monday tribute, uh, old school TV Monday tribute, I want to ask you a question. Did you catch the uh, Houston? I forget his name, but you did you catch the Houston Astros rookie, uh, his home run last night, which put the Astros up four to one, which turned out to be the uh, difference in the game. Did you catch the interview with the thirteen-year-old kid? Yeah, in the negotiations. Was, yeah, that was hilarious. Uh, so yeah, yeah, give people contest for anybody who missed it. Well, after the Houston rookie hit the home run to put the Astros up four to one in the sixth inning, Buster only came up to interview the young the young fan. Of course, he was there, I believe, with his younger brother and his father. Of yeah. course, the Houston Astros personnel. Uh, you kind of sense that watching the broadcast that they were going to ask someone was going to ask for that ball, in which they yeah. did. In exchange, you got uh, six tickets to a future Astros game, a signed jersey by Justin Verlander, and I forget. And then I think uh, tickets to uh, access batting practice at those future games that he has tickets to. Lakina, I want to ask you if, let's just say if it was game seven of the World Series of your favorite baseball team, and whoever to hit that home run, they asked for that ball. And you said, okay, I'll give you the ball because it's historic. What would you, uh, what would be your um, no, your hard line, take no prisoners deal for, the, uh, for that player's uh, historic home run ball in return? Yeah, let, let's give him a let's give a little bit of credit here. Was it Matovic who uh, JJ Matovic who uh, yes. the that hit that home run? Yeah, and I, I saw the interview. I I, I kind of I was you know had the um, mute so because I I sort of like you because know, they were the Sox were not playing very well at that moment. So I was sort of like yeah. that, but, I, <laughs> but I saw that uh, that young fan and uh, and of course you know, of course they, they there was a mad scramble. I guess they they got the ball and such and they interviewed mm-hmm. the young man uh, afterwards and sort of. And, and look, I mean, I get it. You know, that's his first career home run. You just get called up, and you want to, you want to, you want as a keepsake. So you never forget your first home run that you hit, at, especially at home. So you got to give yeah. him a little. I'll, I'll give Magic a little bit of uh, sort of a, a, a mulligan there because, look, you you want to have that. You 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 want to have that ball. You want to have that as a keepsake. But I would have held out for maybe World Series tickets or, or playoff tickets. I would have held out for that. I would have, you know, maybe. Yeah. Maybe not necessarily maybe a cash reward, but I guess maybe some season tickets for next season, or at least for yeah. maybe half the season. So I probably would have done that, but you know, I probably would have kind of held out a little bit. And you know, I guess I think that was a little brother that kind of had I guess uh Buster uh left his uh notes, his notes. So they had mm-hmm. to I think the younger brother had to go up there to, to find him again. I think they did they did he actually was able to give it back to him. So that was actually a pretty interesting moment there. But yeah, I mean in those situations, I think you want to kind of hold out for just a little bit more. What yeah. about, especially if, especially if it's like a big home run. I mean, I mean that that's real. Okay, yeah, someone's first career home run, so it's not like this is yeah. like his five hundred home run or whatever. So you, know, you don't want to hold out too much. But what do you, what about you? What would you do? Yeah, if it was Game Seven of the World Series, of course, my White Sox would have to be involved, and they would have beat 
they would beat the Cubs or the Braves or whoever. Let's just say it was Tim Anderson. They hit that home run, which turned out to be the game winner. I would hold out for uh, um, they would have to pay for my season tickets for the following year and get an autographed jersey and maybe a, a free tour around the ballpark, uh, something along those lines. That would be my three demands. Let's just say a Tim Anderson or Jose Abreu having to hit the game-winning home run in Game 7 of the World Series. That will be my demands. Season tickets for next year, a free mm-hmm. tour around a ballpark in an autographed jersey of that, game win- of that player who hit the game-winning home run. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. I can kind of see that. Like I said, especially I think in, in this case, I think it probably was, you know, you just give the guy maybe a back, maybe get another, some more tickets for the next, you know, next series or whatever and mm-hmm. such. But yeah, I mean, you don't want to hold out too much because it is just, you know, a, a, somebody's first career home run, Medvedev's first career home run. So I don't know if you want to like hold out for too much, but I think it depends on the situation. I feel like. Yeah. Like I said, the bigger the game, the bigger the moment, the bigger the demands, right? That's how I would play it. Yeah. So yeah, in this case with Metrovic, I mean, I think he played it. I think he played it right. I think just give him back the ball and, and such. So yeah. So it, it's fine. And they actually show like you know, the cameraman taking the ball and you know going all the way down through the, yeah. <laughs> through, like, the top and then like went down. Did he take the elevator stairs? <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say he went all the way down and gave it to I guess the the one of the attendants and of course you know they closed the door and such. And I think he did. I think Metrovic did get the ball back. So yes. So I guess that worked out. But, yeah, I think if it was a bigger situation, this was like, you know, like someone's 700 career home run or whatever, or if this was like, you know, I think, like like you said, six or seven game of the World Series and a, and a game winner especially, yeah. I'm holding out for some, for a little more something. But in that case, it was actually it actually, went, it actually turned out just fine. And also, too, Majek Metrovic was interviewed on SportsCenter after the game, and he said that, I don't know if you caught this, that he said that his father – uh, had to work that day, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so he yeah, got home just in time to, yeah. just to catch the game. So I thought that was a very cool moment, especially being Father's Day as well. Yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, the, the, he had to, unfortunately, he had to work, you know. So he missed it. You know, unfortunately, his uh, his father did. So, yeah, but I'm glad, glad they were to have that moment and such. So, yeah, you, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure, but I'm sure he'll have plenty of chances to catch more home runs from him. So it'll work out okay. All right. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition right here. On Sports Zone Chicago, we're live in the living color. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. Lakina, we still have a little bit more time left. Let's get in our into our old school TV Monday tribute. If you're watching or listening back to our replay on War or Anchor, and you're watching us live on YouTube, I have the local behind me. Uh, this week, we'll pay tribute to Friday Night Videos, which later Ooh. became Friday Night and then Late Friday as an American music video show that was broadcast on NBC from July 29th, 1983 to May 24th, 2002. It was the network's attempt to capitalize on the emerging popularity of music videos as seen on MTV. From January 5th, 2001 to August of 30th of 2002, the show changed to Late Friday, showcasing new stand-up comedian talent with original video of sets from a stand-up club like, like setting where they established comedian as guest host. Of course, they changed formats uh, throughout the years. Of course, remember Lakina in 1990, they added Saturday morning videos, which ran mm-hmm. for about three years before TNBC came over in the fall of 1993, September of 1993 to be exact. But Lakina, I remember this show, uh, of course, during my later childhood years before I became a teenager. It was only a few times I was able to stay up late on a Friday mm-hmm. and that was, uh, i.e. a Bulls game. Uh, something to that effect during the summertime, it, me and my late mom or my uh, godmother slash family friend uh, went to a Sox game. I was 
able to stay up late for an hour or two. I remember catch, uh, catching it here and there. That show was very important at that time because it did show videos that were aired on mm -hmm. MTV because remember, cable TV was in its early stages back then. MTV, everybody didn't get MTV. And number two, even though we talked about the, the dance shows of Soul Train mm -hmm. and American Man State, they showed music videos too, but uh, Friday Night Videos not only showcased the videos that were aired on MTV, they showcased videos, especially during the later years of black artists that wasn't getting any airplay on MTV and or BET at that time, uh, like Will Smith, G DJ Jesse Jeff and the Fresh Prince, Babyface's group, uh, The Deal, Vanessa mm -hmm. Williams, Pebbles, Babyface, and some of those upcoming black artists too. They didn't just show uh, artists that were featured on MTV. They sh showed some hip-hop videos along with some upcoming R&B artists as well. And also some of your freestyle artists like Stevie B and mm -hmm. Lisa Lisa and Cold Jam and Gloria Estefan and the Sound Machine uh, back in those days. So they had a variety of videos and they had celebrity guest hosts uh, through the first several years of that program. They didn't have a permanent host. Uh, those, those celebrity hosts uh, kept that show going in its prime throughout the 80s and the early 90s. Yeah, check out some of the, uh, the names that, that hosted. Uh, Bobby Brown and Michael Jamal Warner. Video uh, for the Cosby Show, yes. Yeah, Ma, yeah, Ma Rashad and then why Felicia, Felicia Rashad. Yes. And you had uh, a very young uh, Jerry Seinfeld and Steve Landisberg, you know, God rest his soul. Uh, mm -hmm. The Batemans, uh, Michael J. Fox. I think uh, I think they did it twice. I think they did it yeah. like once. They did, it, uh, they did it together. This is like back yeah. in the early 80s. Don Jason Bateman's from Michael Chicago, by the way, too. Yes, 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 they are. People don't know that. Yeah, the uh, Hogan family and then yeah. the rest of development a decade ago on Fox. Yeah, he's done some great things. And now Ozark too. So yeah, yeah, he's been he's been doing it a while. Uh, also, uh, Phil Michael Thomas and Don Johnson, of course, Miami Vice was a huge hit for NBC. Yes, then. yes. Uh, some of the stars from a different world. Uh, Tiffany Thiessen, of course, you know, Saved by the Bell mm -hmm. and such. Uh, Kelly Kapowski. Have... Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, the cast of Facts of Life. I remember um, seeing clips of that. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think also too. Uh, they also had some artists too. They have, of course, Ed Vogue and Johnny Gill, uh, New Kids on the Block, uh, David Lee Roth, among others. So they, they even have some soap stars on there as well. So they had a little bit of everything. I guess, I guess it's sort of a way to kind of keep it show fresh, and I get why they did that. But I think it would have been, been nice if they had actually had like a consistent host, sort of like someone to kind of feed off of. I know the videos were the stars, I mean, maybe that's why they did it mm -hmm. the way they did, but. I think maybe, you know, maybe a little more consistency, a little more kind of like camaraderie. I think that probably would have helped a little bit. It's on the market too, I feel like. Not just the videos, you could probably get a really charismatic host. They could have, they could have rotate. They could have maybe like three or four hosts like they did with MTV and such with their VJs back in the yeah. day. So maybe that's probably why they didn't do that. But they could have done that, but they decided not to. I did watch it a little bit. I mean, when I was like allowed to stay up late on Friday, that's probably one of the few times I was able to stay up late at the time. So, yeah. uh you saw some like some of the you know some of your up and coming artists. You saw some of the established artists play on that show, and like you said, Sid, it wasn't until the fall that MTV started showing black uh, musicians on their uh, on their videos. And mm -hmm. of course, the one place you can probably see them is on Friday Night Videos, of course, on American Bandstand and uh, Soul Train, of course. So it, it kind of changed formats a little bit as it kind of everything kind of evolved mm -hmm. and such. So. Especially once Saved by the Bell became a big hit, you know, they did the Saturday morning videos, they did that for a little bit, yeah, and such. So, yeah, it kind of like evolved with everything. Now, I think what killed them in the end was the fact that you started seeing 
AOTRL kind of emer started emerging and such. Mm -hmm. So that there was no need for the Friday night videos anymore. And on so, uh, 106 of Park as well. Yeah, that they kind of they, they had launched about a couple of years later. So you really didn't yep. need a Friday night video type of show anymore, unfortunately. So as music changed and everything else changed, and then they shortened the show to only an hour. So it yep. kind of just that kind of what killed it in the end, I feel like. And also, too, more people had cable than uh, mm -hmm. head into the 90s. I know my mother didn't get cable till around 87, I believe. And that's what I remember. I know you say your your family didn't get it till around 1990. So uh, yeah. for our younger viewers and listeners, uh, cable was cheap back then. You only got 40, 50 channels at best, Lakina. Mm -hmm. There was no on-demand. There was no internet. There was no cell phones. And so everything you saw was on television. Yeah, exactly. There was no laptops. Time. Right. So everything you had to watch, it was TV, radio, uh, magazine, newspaper. Mm -hmm. So information was at a premium back then. And so, and like we always said before, Lakina, you said this first, but uh, back then, if you missed your favorite episode your, of your TV show, NBC actually ran this promo in the, in the mid nineties during their mm -hmm. uh, uh, friends and Seinfeld was coming to an end at that time. They said, uh, if he missed it, it was new to you, new to you because they used to rerun those shows during the summer. Now, you have yep. on demand. You could binge watch them, especially with these Stream various them, yes. um, uh, streaming services. And so uh, you had is it wasn't a it was a time during our era that you had to rush home to watch these shows. So if you were lucky mm -hmm. to have a VCR, you could record mm -hmm. them. But if you didn't have a VCR, you had to watch them and hopefully you know and pay attention to uh, those shows and what happened. But it was just a different time back then. Like you know, you mentioned about MTV. They weren't showing black artists in the first few years of that program. Of course. The first black group that was showed, shown on MTV was Shalimar. Uh, their mm -hmm. video uh, made this a night to remember. Yes. You know the whole glowing bed thing, and I didn't, which mm -hmm. I didn't get, but that's a whole other issue. Yeah, that was a whole, the, that's, the a whole other, that's a whole other thing. But yeah, yeah, that was weird too. Uh, the first, yeah. Yeah, the first rap group on MTV, the time of the videos was Run DMC's Rockbox. Mm -hmm. Of course, yep. Michael Jackson had an issue with them too at the time. And, uh, you know, Billy Jean was overplayed on that network. He said, yes. you don't play my video on MTV. We're going to have an issue. Of course, you saw what happened with that. And so uh, MTV made some careers out of black artists. Of course, Janet Jackson, of course, Michael. Michael was hot mm -hmm. then, but uh, he became bigger after uh, MTV started playing his videos. Of course, once MTV got into the rap game, and with Yo MTV raps, and then of course yep. in the early nineties, it turned to turn out to be a performance-based show for all the rap artists. Uh, it blew up the black artists there. But with Friday Night Videos, uh, it showcased a variety of videos from all genres mm -hmm. of music, and that's what I liked. Yeah, and it was great because if you weren't if you weren't really a pop music fan, you know Friday Night Videos kind of introduced you to pop music. If you weren't yes. a rock fan, you know you got introduced to like Bon Jovi, yeah, and uh, Motley Crue and Poison mm -hmm. and those artists, and and even too, I mean maybe you know adult contemporary. I mean there was adult contemporary wasn't really a thing back then. I mean it was mm -hmm. sort of like you know straight down. You had country and poppy. There was really nothing in between. So you saw yeah. a lot of those adult contemporary stuff, like the Phil Collins and Genesis and those types of. So I can't dance. Stay full. Well, careful. We got it. We we we, you know, we don't want to play royalties. <laughs> right. <laughs> play royalties. Like, I know Sean and Mike got five dollars in the in the jar, so I'll leave that yeah. alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know the stay and the police and the go gos and the bangles amongst so yes. many others. And like you said, with the, with the black artists too. I mean, you know, New Edition. I think what I think was one of the first you know black artists because 
they were really made a showcase too much. So I think yeah. Michael Jackson, they were kind of like the Michael Jackson alternative because they didn't show a lot of those, you know, like I said, they didn't show a lot of black artists at the time. Mm-hmm. So they showed um, new edition and the you know, and, and other black artists. So it was definitely kind of like sort of changed the norm. And unfortunately now with music evolving, of course, now you can stream in, you got Spotify and Pandora mm-hmm. and iHeartMedia and all those things you can Unfortunately, these kind of shows, you know, can't don't exist anymore. Of course, you saw what happened to TRL and Well Six and Park. So I think this is sort of one of those simpler times when this is the only way you can probably see the video, especially if you couldn't afford cable. Yeah, and now, like you said, with the landscape changing, the only time you can see a music video is through that artist's uh, YouTube page or social media. They're TikTok using it to the, and all that. Yeah, yeah, like I say, they're using the social social media to their advantages. Thank goodness, but. You don't see, do you see music videos on television anymore? I don't. VH1, it's just like BET and MTV. They show uh, reruns of old shows that you saw a thousand times before, and those networks are no longer in use. Yeah. So, yeah. And also, too, you know, the all they show now, um, I'm, I'm talking about MTV and BET. I mean, yeah, they have other channels. They get like MTV, they got BET Jazz, like MTV Classic. Mm-hmm. That's probably the only place where you can see those types of uh, the, those videos now. Yeah. But, it's sort of it's kind of it's unfortunate because you're losing out of now now again like we said before you've got like other avenues you can watch them now you can watch them on you can stream like you can go on tiktok so it's, it's definitely kind of like changed the way for it that's why you can i miss those times watching yeah. you know friday night videos because like i said this was around the time where it kind of tied me over because we didn't have cable we couldn't afford cable yet so it was crazy it's crazy but you know those like we tell people all the time these are simpler times Yes, there were simpler times, but like you said, as time goes on, uh, things uh, evolved around us, so we had to take it with a, um, a, a, a grain of salt and, and take it with a big old stride. Lakina, any last-minute thoughts since we have less than a minute left before we close up shop? Uh, I mean, like I said before, I mean, I think, you know, we should remember Friday night, you know, videos for what it was. It was such a great, you know, time and such. And on the sporting side, hopefully the Lightning can get back get back in the Stanley Cup final, because if not, we might be celebrating uh, the Avs winning their first Stanley Cup in about 20 years. So about like 25 <laughs> years, I should say. So, well, you know, they better get, get better get together. Get it together, uh, Stan Coast and uh, Kucherov in the gang. You better get it together. I think I think they'll win it tonight and get back into the series. The key game will be on Wednesday, I believe, in Game Four. So I have Tampa Bay winning tonight. Uh, the key game will be for me in Game Four on coming up on Wednesday. So tonight's Game Three of the Stanley Cup Final: Tampa Bay, Colorado, from Tampa Bay, seven o'clock live on ESPN. Who ESPN Plus and ABC, ABC and ESPN Plus. That's tonight Game Three at seven o'clock. Chicago. Yes, of course. You got, the, you got the College World Series going on right now. I think they're starting to eliminate some teams. So we still got about like a, I think I think the uh, the final doesn't start till next Monday, I believe. So still got some games. There's still a lot of uh, stuff to be sorted out. So a lot. If you if you're a college baseball fan, make sure you guys check that out. It's really a great uh, championship tournament. So you might be seeing some of these guys in the majors eventually. So who knows? Now with that said, you you can follow me at Keenan McGee on this. At Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the, on the IG. I'm getting all tongue tied here. <laughs> Go ahead, Sid. <laughs> you can follow your truly Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. Excuse me. That's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. Make sure you follow uh, uh, Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. 
Find Sports Zone Chicago once again on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you download the Sports Zone Chicago app today and wherever you get your apps to make sure you uh, follow all of our five live shows, including this one, Second City Sports. If you haven't to miss them, you can watch them and listen to them uh, at your own leisure. And make sure you subscribe to our podcast at War on Anchor. We're available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And make sure you follow War Media at WAR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are on Sports Zone Chicago, Second City Sports, every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Catch Second City Sports every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, exclusively right here on Sports Zone Chicago. All right, guys. I know it's getting a little. I know it's hot in a lot of parts of the country. So try to try to stay cool and stay hydrated. If you're not getting vaccinated, Ooh. wear your mask and <laughs> wash your hands. And just be good to each other and enjoy the sports this week. This has been Secretary Sports on Sports on Chicago, and we'll see you Friday. Till then, go Sox! Holla. <laughs>